Alright, welcome to Jake Breaks Hot Tapes and uh, welcome to episode number 5, I think, I hope, maybe so. Anyways, today we're going to talk about the importance of self-education and self-esteem and kind of like the do's and don'ts. But before we get started, we're going to start about a little quick story that kind of recaps from what we talked about on our previous episode about light, white lies and how you should just be truthful from the get-go and sometimes it's just a misunderstanding. So anyways, um, I remember I when I first date when I went out with Tabs is we uh, we were talking about the kinds of foods we like and I was like oh yeah I like spicy food that's, that's not a big deal to me now my version of spicy and her version of spicy is way too different things my version of spicy is the steak at Chipotle is hot enough her version is ghost peppers plus cayenne peppers equals good so we're, we, uh, we, were, um, we were sleeping one night and she just Woke me up at like 2 a.m. No, no, no rhyme or reason. Said, "Oh, oh, what the shit? Here, try this." So okay, it was a Chex Mix ghost pepper chip. And I, and at that point, she found out that I was lying. One, <laughs> and two, I found out I really don't like spicy food. <laughs> and um, I, I looked right at her and said, "Wow, that's hot!" <laughs> and promptly fell back asleep. <laughs> but she's like, at that point, I knew you didn't like spicy food. <laughs> I thought you liked it. I was like, I do. Just get me the steak from Chipotle. <laughs> but that, that's just that's another reason. Just just be straight up. Yeah, communication is poor. Oh god, that that is funny. But uh, kind of first starting here, we're gonna be talking about self-esteem, and it's always nice to have a definition of what that is. And according to Webster, self-esteem is confidence in one's own worth or abilities, self-respect. Synonyms for it include self-respect, self-regard, pride in oneself or one's abilities, faith in oneself. I think that's enough because I think that kind yeah, of... Yeah, because I say, if you're going to keep on going, I'm just going to go and jump off the yeah, uh, second yeah, story no. here. All right. But, um, yeah, so one thing we, we do want to touch on about being self-educated is is that you, not only you don't always need school for something or whatever it is, it's... um. You gotta go out and learn things for yourself, and, and especially things you don't know. And if you don't know something, find someone who knows something and learn from them. Yeah. Um, that was the like I I thought I had a, I had a great idea. I was like, oh, I'm gonna open up a magic uh, magic guy in a card shop, and that's all I'm gonna do. So I went over down to Phantoms, you know the guy. Yep. And I, the first time I, he only met his son. He didn't meet um, Ron himself, but I was like, Ron, like I will want to open up a shop potentially one day what what do I gotta do and he's like it, it's, he told me straight up it's hell on earth he's like you can magic cannot be your only primary source you have to have two or three different ways of bringing income from other things it just can't be just trading card games so his big income was the um, comic books and the um, and all the figurines but all the magic events or and all the other events he was doing those pretty, broke even. Yeah, pretty or much he just lost funneled money. people into the shop to exactly. then buy his actual money makers. But yeah, he was just telling me, it's just like the amount of work you got to put into doing a business, it's just so much. Well, and I think, too, another thing with uh, the self-education aspect on it is if you're trying to learn a skill or you're doing anything, applying that skill, practice, that's a huge thing. It's like I hear so many people, myself kind of included, I thought this, oh, I'm bad at math. You hear that a lot, and it limits a lot of people. Oh, I want to do this, but I'm bad at math. You're not bad at math. You haven't practiced it enough, or there's some fundamental misunderstanding you're having yeah, there. You got to, yeah, <laughs> you've got to 
find a book that is written in a way that you can understand it and just do some problems. Don't that stop is, um, when you think, oh, I got this. It's fine. No, keep doing it until even the hard ones you're sitting there going, oh, God, I can do this. It's going to take me five minutes, but I can do it. And you can actually do it. Yeah, and the other the other part to that too is trial and error. Yep. Yeah, that right there is uh, you. I learn a lot from trial and error. Oh well, I've, I can't tell you how many times. Well, it's just like uh, changing my headlights. It, it's a stupid little thing, and it's literally for my car just two caps, and then you pull the headlights out of their housing. You pop the old ones off. You put the new ones on. See, and then you get to my truck though. All you gotta do is reach around, pull the plug out, and put a new one in, and you're yeah. done. Well, well, I was gonna say first time I did that though. I, I was super confident. I, I took the caps off, put them down, promptly hit my elbow on one of the caps, dropped it down by the engine, spent the next 10 minutes looking for it. Then I got the first headlight off, got messed up on which cover was which, pulled the cover off of the casing and not off of the headlight. I thought this was going to be, I watched a five minute video on it. This guy, he knew what he was doing. So I felt like I knew what I was doing. Yeah, just like we knew what we were doing when we did the brakes. Oh, God. Always breed your brakes. People... Yeah, that's the one lesson we learned from that one. <laughs> but, uh, no, you got to actually apply what you learn. Because so many people, they also get stuck in this, this hell of, like, no matter if you go to vocational school, of college, or whatever, there comes a point where you know enough to actually do what you say you know. And you got to start. You have got to actually do it. You can't just say to yourself, oh, I know how to do it. Or like cooking, going back to cooking. If you're oh, God, teaching yeah. yourself how to cook, watching Alton Brown make Cordon Bleu does not mean you can. Just because he looks like he can do it does not mean that you can do it. I, I tell you what, that's, that's one thing I'll definitely say I've been really liking is I've been cooking a lot more. Like I enjoy doing it, especially when me and Taz are doing it together. Because it, something for us is just something we can have fun with. I have an issue with seasoning too much. She what? seasons just fine. I'm like, they're like, yeah, it's Trevor. Get her some more. Oh, there's a little spot over there. Get her some more. <laughs> well, I remember when you made me pancakes, and they did turn out well, even though you used waffle mix. But I love the infamous thing. I don't have measuring cups here. I just eyeball everything. And the thing is, I got that from Chipotle. Yeah. <laughs> and I still carry it around to this day and going, but it, I used to practice it all the time. I was able to eyeball exactly what I needed. It was every day, in and out, in and out. But now, whenever I say I'm going, fuck, I can't be 100% certain. <laughs> Before, I'm like, oh, third cup of this, half a cup of this, teaspoon of that, done. Now I'm going, I need a half a cup. I, okay, I got to get a measuring cup because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Oh, no. And I think this is uh, an important time to talk about, too, when you actually might need other people, when self-education isn't going to be enough. Like for me, I found out I really enjoy this chemistry. I would not feel comfortable doing a lot of the experiments that are required of me for my degree in my basement. I don't think that you should be making explosive know, compounds. Know, uh, we're turning into Breaking Bad. That's, that's what I'm saying. So I, am I Jesse? <laughs> I think so in this situation. Yeah, yeah. you're definitely Mr. Walter. You're not putting chili flakes in my methamphetamine, thank you very much. Come on, can I, can I at least do the Parmesan cheese give it a little <laughs> bit of a smoother texture? But there are certain things, or like if you want to become an electrician, I definitely think there's plenty of vocational programs oh. where if you want to be a handyman and put in light sockets, you can learn that from a book. 
But if you're talking about putting in someone's breaker paddle from a main line where there's enough voltage to kill you, you probably want to learn from somebody who knows it and has lived long enough to educate someone else. Yeah, or they might just call that a uh, your last shocking experience. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> I, we always joke around at my job whenever we have to deal with electricity. The nice thing is you can only mess up once. Yep, that's true. Like, now here's, here's the thing, though, is too, I mean, I'm going to go on the handyman route. Is Even a handyman will, I'm going to use my dad as, as, as an example because my dad knows way too much for his own good. Granted, he's older, an old older guy, but, I mean, he, he wired his whole house not knowing how to fucking wire. I mean, has my, pat, been... my pat was the electrician. Yeah. He just went... Yeah, it works. Yeah. <laughs> and we both know there's been some growing pains into that. Would you like to talk about how... And it works. It does work. But it's just like my great-grandfather didn't own a level, and he built a house. Not a single door frame was square in this house, but it worked for 20 years. Uh, you've been putting a generator in as a, in case you oh, know, for yes. emergency power. And explain to us how most of us have one main that comes into our house. Right, yeah, that so powers I have... The house. I have two mains and I still can't run either main through this generator so I gotta run a plug from the house to where my fridge is and then he runs half the house even though I got 11,000 watt generator that can run the whole house because the way they did the um, the, the electric box is that part of the house is only I only can run the half so in order for me to run the whole house I have to add a new plug into the existing fuse box Add new, two new sets of uh, twenty gate, hundred twenty volt gauge wire. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, the, the, the big thick, ones. The thick wire. Add four new fuses, and the box doesn't fit it. So now, our new idea is: oh well, we have the box that is outside that runs to the house that my pat put in here. Went, we should be able to run it from there to here to here through a bunch of different connectors. Daisy chain. And, yeah, these, mean, that's not a fire hazard at all. That would have probably been Make a problem. Make sure your fire insurance is up to date. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely ought to, uh, if you're seriously considering something, determine if you need to go to school or not. Determine what kind of education there is out there. If there's, like for me in IT, I didn't really need to get a degree because we have certificates that show competency. And most of the time it's degree or certificate. So it was easy enough for me. I just studied for my certificates, and bam, I was done, and that was cool. But for the chemistry, you you do get certified to the American Chemical Association, but it's not really something I would be comfortable undertaking without someone who knows what the hell they're doing. Same thing with like industrial wiring and things like that. I think a Votech school would definitely be a benefit. Yeah, it's a definitely a good start. Yeah, an apprenticeship program, something where you have a safety net. Because you should never be the last point of failure when you don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Or you're like my dad who likes to play jokes on you, and he was replacing a light downstairs. Um, no, it wasn't a light. It was something he had. We had a screw into the wall for the electric, and he looked right at us, pretending like he got shocked. He's like, he was like, I, oh, God, I wanted to punch for that. I punched him. I punched him right in the arm. I was like, you're an asshole. No. I think a good time here talking about self-education, though, like if you're older and you want to go to college, but you know you have some gaps, Udemy courses can be really nice, like for general math competency and stuff like that. I sometimes get tired of reading where it's nice watching something, and I've been through a couple of their math ones, and if you have a book that supplements it, 
it can really help with filling those little gaps for continuing education and things like that. Those are great. Uh, programming is one of those things. You can learn it on your own, but in order to be good at it, you're going to have to do some heavy-duty math. Now, that one you don't really necessarily need to go back to school for if you're just doing it at a surface level, but I don't know that uh, industry's changing a lot with AI and things yeah, like that. I don't so. know. I, last time I heard about the know anything about the industry, it was very highly competitive. Yes. And if you didn't know your shit, you're, you can be out the door in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, also, this might be a good time just to kind of plug uh, the vocational stuff because welders, electricians, hell, even drywallers, when you actually get into the union, oh, yeah. make quite a bit of money. You can make sixty, yeah. seventy-five thousand dollars a year hanging drywall. If school really Carpenters, isn't your thing, yeah. yeah. I have a buddy. He um, he's per uh, he did the whole plumbing thing, and he was an apprentice. Now he went up to the next level, which I think is journeyman. journeyman. Yep. And he's making sixty thousand a year. I yeah. mean, he went from thirty to sixty. And is that just roughing, or does he do residential? Residential, and but he's part of a decent company. But here's the thing: is he reached level, you have to test. Yeah, and as once, long as you test, you can start making more money. Oh yeah, and once you reach master level, because my grandfather was a uh, a general contractor and also a uh, a master carpenter and an HVAC technician, you make money hand over fist. Oh, it's yeah. good. My biggest thing for me, you're going to be worn out by the time you're fifty if you do it every day all the time. So it's figuring your exit strategy because so many of those guys they think just because they're making a hundred thousand now that they're always going to be able to make it or that nothing's ever going to you know yeah, go the, wrong. Yeah. And now yeah, you're you're 55. You haven't saved anything. Yeah. And now you need a double knee replacement or shoulder surgery. And oh yeah, you were making all that money, but you've got a, a brand new Ford F one fifty out there that you paid cash for. You've got this huge house you paid cash for, which is great. But you probably should have saved some for whatever you knew your knees were going to blow out. Your tile layer, for God's sake, you've been on a hardwood and concrete forty yeah. years. And just because you wore knee pads doesn't mean it's going to help you in forty no. years. No, so just, you know, financial competency is a huge one. You know what? That would probably be the first thing I'd recommend, self-education. Because, I mean, the old axiom state, knowing your budget, knowing what your break points should be on how much do I have to save for my bills, how much can I save after everything is done. Because he who should not be named, he's going through this right now. He ain't got a pot to piss in. No, has no idea how much money. (laughs) Just nothing but an endless sight of material. (laughs) I feel so bad. I, I I feel a little bad, but at this point I'm going, keep fucking up. Just keep I fucking almost up. Think you're gonna help need, me with all my shit. We really need to ship him a mic out in like Missouri or wherever he's at, and just use him like get him on a Zoom call and just every time we we mention something, use him like litmus test. If he doesn't know anything, it's just like, well, okay, everybody, we're doing an episode on this now. Exactly. And um, yeah, like we're just talking really just about like. Taking care of yourself, and that's all. One big thing I, I do when I advocate is, is from what I learned in firefighting, the very first rule I ever learned, no matter what it was, was take care of you. And it's not to be selfish. It's not to be an asshole. It's if you cannot take care of yourself, how do you expect to take care of anybody else? And here's a big thing, because we, we opened this up with self-esteem, and one of the synonyms for that was self, our pride in oneself or one's abilities. And self-education and this kind of go hand in hand because whenever I was at UST delivering, uh, 
I knew I was unskilled labor. And I, I felt bad about that. I knew that I was only going to get general labor jobs if I didn't actually start to develop skills. And it was a tough moment for me. It really made me feel bad. And it, at that point, it, it did affect my self-image. But once I started moving forward and started building these skills, I never put a ceiling on myself. I said to myself, whenever I got into IT, if this is all I can do, I'm going to be the best at this. And once it became clear that I could do more, then I started looking, well, what is something I'd want to do beyond this? For me, it was chemistry. uh, What you're saying is, is not putting that ceiling there, but I think a lot of people, too, what they want want to do is not only become the best at that thing when they move on, but they want to try and be the best at all of it at one time instead of cutting it down into little sections and doing, all right, this is what I'm going to work on. I'm going to become the ultimate the best know everything about this and this is how my dad made it through um made it to where he was was okay cool i learned my job got became friends learned their jobs helped them get a promotion then he took their spot since he already pretty much mastered it he was able to learn something else and he just built it like you're building the pyramids or up on a brick house and this is huge because i do think some people set themselves up for failure by being too big like me I, if i would have went straight into chemistry before i did the uh the IT stuff and saw that I could do that, I would have been so overwhelmed because small incremental progress, taking care of the stuff that's the low-hanging fruit, thinking to yourself, what is the path of least resistance to the next run? And just because it's low-hanging fruit doesn't mean it's fruitless. That's exactly it. And I had to learn this. I was one of these people when I was younger. I wanted to get to the end goal. And the journey is where all the important stuff happens. I think it's because we're not taught that. I, I th- well, in America, we're only we only see the success. We don't see the work. Well, not just that, but everything in media. You see, oh, this twelve-year-old here runs a company, and we act like that's normal. I'm like, why you twelve-year-old kid? Why the hell don't you have your own company? I don't know, Dad, because you drink every night and beat me, and that kid's the son of millionaires who <laughs> had every opportunity. Like, that's no excuse. My dad beat me too, and look at where I'm at, perpetuating the cycle. Who taught you these words? <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, let's let's um, delve into this a little bit more here, um, because I mean, yeah, education is largely through one's own self efforts, and that's um, a big thing. Is I think a lot of people do is lack that motivation to do that. Well, and uh, one thing I've noticed a lot, and uh, the Google layoff showed this: there are a lot of people that get something not because they wanted that skill set or anything else, but because it gets you a lot of money, and their idea is. They never want to study again. They just want to get the piece of paper, get the certification, whatever it is, get a good job, and then just coast on that job for 30 years. Yeah, which well, it's, is, uh, it's, it's not necessarily, I think, not a bad idea, but you're, you're going to be miserable. Not just you're going to be miserable, but what happens, like with that work, things or you shift. Up, or you end up lost. Yep. Um, again, to our poster child. But he's never really gone into a direction, and he's never really had the support to really venture out. No. And I can't tell you how many times, like, you look on YouTube, there's a lot of guys that do, like, woodworking, ring making, these artisan crafts that started in a highly successful career. I have seen doctors that turned into to woodworkers because it gave them a personal sense of fulfillment and it helped with that self-confidence and that self-esteem and it's what they really wanted to do. But they never would have figured that out until they became the doctor. Or, prime example, one of my best friends... His wife is a doctor of osteopathy, was in her residency. Decided that, you know what, she really didn't like it. 
She wanted to be a pilot like her dad, and now she's doing that. But what's great about it is, she now knows that she did. She could be a doctor, but that she didn't want to. So now that she's a pilot and she's going through this, she'll think to herself, well, at least I'm not doing that anymore. And that was huge for me at UST when I was just slinging packages. When things get hard that you want to do, you think back to the stuff that was hard that you didn't like, and you sit there and you go, well, God, at least I'm not doing that. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I'll even say this because my dad had, had, a, um, had this big theory is during when the whole No Child Left Behind Act was really going on, mm-hmm. oh, you need to go to college. And my dad was on my dad was on that train. And um, he, and any time we would be outside working or whatever it was, like, you don't want to do this, this isn't your life. And he tried really to instill that, like, you don't want to be that construction worker. You don't want to be the guy who's And that's a problem, too, because now... I understand, like, he didn't want me to do the stuff he was he had to do growing up and be in that shit environment. Like, when they were building this house, you know that waterfall down there? Yes. They would go down there, and that's how they took their showers. Oh, no, that's terrible. That's how they did it, because they were building this house. Yeah. My dad would go, like, brick for eight hours, come home, lay all this brick. Well, and this is another thing and I, he didn't I'd want say. Me to, he didn't want me to fight with that. No. And he's like, get a, just get into college, get a good job. But Here's I, my now thing. I'm, a, I'm a fucking truck driver. Yeah, well, I, I don't disagree with your father at all because UST is really what clarified me. But if you're 18 and you don't know what you want to do, get a manual labor or menial job. You're going to hate it or you're going to love it. And if you love it, think, okay, you have, a, you, have nice. a of a, you have a bit of a direction to mm-hmm. something to build on. What's the next thing I could do? How do I get to be the foreman? Because if you're going to be in construction, you love construction... By the time you're 45 years old, if you're still in the manual labor part of it, you're heading for some major health problems. Heck, even before that. Yeah, you exactly. You don't have back by then. <laughs> no, but if you can become the GC or the foreman or whatever, that's great. I tell you a really good uh, spot would be if you're going to go in that, in that kind of direction is get into the mines. Yeah. The mines, you, got, you can make a ton of money working the mines. No, and now if you got to go to college to become uh, an inspector or whatever, because I know they make buku bucks oh, and yeah. the danger goes much lower, now you have a reason for going and getting that higher and, education. And a lot of times, too, these companies, they'll pay for you to get your mm-hmm. education as long as it benefits them. Well, and but like, if it's something you enjoy at the same time, it's yeah. a win-win. I mean, you're not going to spend money on college and people are yelling about college debt. Yep. No, and there's a huge that that everyone needs to go to college thing has just eviscerated the trades. And there are plenty of guys and gals, both, that they don't need the higher education. They're going to be perfectly fine laying gas line. I knew a guy that I worked with at IT that he was a welder for a gas line company. Got this job because he thought, oh, it was going to be better. Hated it. Had a kid. He was such a good welder, his old company brought him back on making... Ten dollars more an hour than what he's making with guaranteed overtime every week. He yeah. loves it. He has never been happier. He bought a new truck. He's saving money for the kid if they want to go to college. So that's a valid thing, and I feel like too many people act like manual labor isn't a valid option. Like, well, he who should not be named fair. Yeah, exactly. And like I even tried. I, the thing is, I tried telling him was like, man, maybe you uh, just to get yourself out, mm-hmm. get yourself out on the road, like go into trucking. Yeah, trucking is, is it, okay. I'll admit, trucking is not for everyone. It will kick you in the balls and hand your own asshole to you, but it will really it really helps you grow as a person. And if you don't like the field, you can always leave. Well, it's like me. I found out that really for me, working with my hands like that, I needed a little more intellectually. But 
I never would have been able to know that if I didn't do these manual labor positions and start to look at well, what's my progression from here and I realized I really don't want to be an electrician. I really don't want this. And my last job, I worked at construction sites, laying the uh, the internet infrastructure on them, and that really helped because I had to see the the mud work guys that do the drywall and the plumbers and all, and they all make bank. They make good money. Don't ever look down on a vocational guy because they probably make more money than you. That's yep. and then if you piss them off, you're gonna end up seeing your car oh, drywall yeah. oh, yeah. before you know it. Yeah, no, they <laughs> look. Let, let's not sugarcoat and, and jellify these people. They not all of them are stable people. No, not at all. Most of them are not stable. No, no, but they show up to work. Maybe that's uh, why we have jobs like that. Yeah, well, I, I think it really is, and good on them. You should be able to make uh, a reasonable living working with your hands because it is skill. Because i got to tell you right now, if you've ever seen a guy weld pipe and you think, oh, I could do that. No, you can't. No, no you cannot. No. Straight up. No, no. And I tell you what, because people don't understand, when you put that welder's mask on, it is just dark. Oh, yeah. There's nothing. You don't no. see what you're doing. No. You are literally, eye- they are the master of the eyeball. Uh, well, it's like me on... Or even, <laughs> like, I'm going to build on that because I mm-hmm. dated this one girl in high school. Really amazing girl. Pure redneck. Like, pure blonde hair, redneck. Like, you went in her room, rebel flag flying. Fucking amazing. Real nice woman. But her goal, originally, when she was in school, because she went to school, um, she was in high school, she did vocational for welding. Mm-hmm. Her goal was to become an underwater welder. Oh, my, my I had and a great uncle who did that. Now, she's not doing it now. I looked her up on Facebook one time, and um, she's married, I think, has two kids. Oh. But I was like, you know what? She enjoyed the welding. I think she still does it, just more for fun. Now, and here's another thing, going back to our relationships. Let's say, hypothetically, that relationship goes bad. She has a real skill where she can tell that guy, oh, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, exactly. And that is so important because it's like, my sister went through a diesel engineering program for boats and things. She is set to make $100,000 this year. I'm making fifty. She's my little sister. She's kicking your ass. Oh, yeah. it. Man I am up. so happy for her, though. Oh, I know you're happy yeah, for it. Man up, man. Oh, I, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> I uh, she she knows she's gonna work hard, but she's got a plan because she already told me she goes, I'm gonna go two years on rotation here. Harbor master positions around the country open up. She's just gonna want to sit in a chair and literally sign off on people's loads coming into the port, and she's gonna be making like three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and that's one thing too. So uh, people don't understand is. Is yeah, you gotta work, but have a plan. Well, and she and loves. Even if you're, in a, if you're mm-hmm. in a job that you don't care for, come up with a plan. Yep. Start following through with that plan. And use that job as just as a way to be able to produce income. Yep. And then work into what you're wanting to do yep. with yourself. Do the bare minimum if you know it's not gonna be. Don't be a bad worker. Always do what your job is supposed to be. But be you average. don't have to go above and beyond. Just yeah. do the average. Exactly. Because I think there's a saying, um, don't be the nail that sticks out or something like that. So yes. Because yep. that's the one always that gets hammered. hammered down. Yep. The nail that sticks up is always the one that gets hammered down. Yeah. Be responsible. Show up to your job. Be pleasant to your boss. And let them know what you're doing if if they're cool and they seem like they support you. Because like my boss, I already let him know. I'm going to school. He's all for it. Let's me study on the job. It's great. If you don't think they're going to be like that and they're going to penalize you for it, keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself and just give them your two weeks and get out. 
Yeah, and then like too is if you think it does, you don't have enough time to like learn these new skills or learn whatever new thing you want to do. Is um, that, that comes out of self discipline. You got to yeah. find that extra gear. I got to tell you right now, like the whole podcasting thing here is, I had no clue how to do it. I took what I did one day a week, every weekend. I took one day and I gave it four to six hours. And now we got a little bit going on, but. I had no understanding what the hell this stuff is. No, and you know, it, I mean, you're my tech guy. <laughs> not just that, but I got to tell you, th- this touches on another thing because I get anxiety whenever I have to do something that I'm not super comfortable with, and I also I have this tendency where I want it to be perfect. And this has gotten me far more comfortable with when we started. We we kind of had a direction that we wanted to go, but every episode we've been improving. We actually have stuff in front of us now that we read off of that is cited that. Next episode, we'll, we'll actually link. Yeah, yes, we'll, we'll actually have links. That's the goal. Little steps. Yep. But no, you should always have a plan. You should never feel stuck. If you feel stuck in your life, really think about what got you there and how you can get out. Yeah, all right. Um, I know we've been really jumping on self education, but uh, let's yeah, let's hit some self esteem. Yeah, yeah, because these do dovetail together because. I feel like a lot of people stay in shitty relationships and jobs because they oh, feel God, like they deserve yeah. it. Exactly. Now, so, let's see, what is that? Self-educated, so where's what's the self-esteem one at? It's the second page, the second four page. types of self-esteem. Okay. So, number one, and this is the healthy one, is high and stable self-esteem. External circumstances and life events have little influence on your self-esteem. I'm just going to read this off and we can go yeah, into it. Yeah, let's just jump right to number two and, just, okay. and we'll bounce back right to it. Okay, so the second one is high and unstable self-esteem. People with this type of self-esteem have a high self-esteem but are unable to keep it consistent. I'm just going to give it to you. What? <laughs> so for the first one, and we'll, we'll compare and contrast these two because you're right. High and stable self-esteem is where external circumstances and life events have little influence on your self-esteem. Oh, you, your leg got broke in an accident. You don't think it's a reflection on you. It wouldn't have been broke if I would have been a good person or whatever. You realize, okay, no, this is an accident. Shit happens. Yep. See, I'm good with doing that kind of stuff, but I still fall into the second category at times. Yeah, I'm going to... Um, yeah, go on. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Oh, right. no, I just I, I want to get this one out because I think people with this self-esteem type, they unfold in an open manner since they do not need to defend their image. They defend themselves in addition to the people or the person is able to defend their point of view without being destabilized. It took me a long time. I finally feel like I'm starting to get this way because I used to equate my academic performance to my self-esteem. And when I started the chemistry, I was bad at it. It was something I didn't have a lot of experience of. But I was happy that I was finally to the point in my life where it didn't make me feel bad about myself. I realized, okay, I'm starting something new. There's a lot of stuff I need to learn. We're going to get better. And you know what? Three weeks into it, I started scoring 80s. Whereas before, I was, I was 60. 60%. I'm like, I, I but. See, and I'm going to build on mm-hmm. what you're saying with that. Is, uh, I, it's for me, something I got to work on is I want to get my other endor- my endorsements for my, uh, for my, um, for my license. But I got to test, I got to test for them. And then I also got to deal with the other side of the knife is the more endorsements I get, the more expensive my license become, becomes. Oh, so if you're not using them, then it's kind of like, it's, yeah. It's a double-edged sword, but like if I, I'm looking at a company right now, they want me to have my doubles, triples, and hazmat, but my license says it's $100, goes to $200 to renew every two years. So they'd have to at least pay you enough to kind of make that yeah. worthwhile. Exactly, but um, as, as just to build up, but mm-hmm. 
I'm following that category. I think it would be probably that low and stable self esteem. Mm-hmm. I'm not following following through with taking the test. And is it because you a, feel like there's something attached? A, yeah, it. and because I'm feeling like, well, if I do this, now I'm gonna get screwed on this. Yeah. Now and. It's taken me a lot of work because I this next one I think a lot of people that are high achievers might fall into, and that's the uh, the high unstable self esteem where yes they they have high points but they can't really keep it consistent, and this is people with this type of self esteem have a high self esteem but are unable to keep it consistent. Competitive context can have a stabilizing effect. I think a lot of professional athletes. Yeah, base. I immediately thought of baseball. Respond with critical attitude to failure. I had this problem where it doesn't matter that I'm great in everything else. I'm terrible at this one thing, which means I'm a horrible person. Because why am I not good at this? If I'm not good at this, then I'm not good at anything. Since these are perceived as threats, the individual will show conviction in defending his point of view, but will not accept other points of view and will tend to monopolize the word in a discussion. The instability of self-esteem leads to placing self-esteem as a central concern and requires preserving it at any price and appealing to an aggressive attitude to promote it or a passive one to protect it. And I think this is a lot of people that are high achievers in very competitive industries. A lot of lawyers, I think, fall into this and like business people oh, in yeah. that I gotta be winning. I gotta be winning. If I yeah, if you ain't winning, you're failing, you're losing exactly. money. Exactly. And I, I like I can understand it from like a like a business perspective, but there's all there's limits in everything you do. Yeah. Well, and I think too, it comes down to like when you're stable. Yes, you want to be good at what you do, but you also don't let other people's successes become your failure. You don't look at someone else in the same field and go, "Oh, well, they're doing so much better than me. I must be terrible." You just realize they're either more committed to it or have the ability to focus on it more. Yeah, and you can look at yourself and go, "All right, you know what? I'm going to do A, B, and C." To improve this, well, that's improve what I what said. I'm doing. If you see someone that's doing and better gonna, than you, at the end of it, there's always someone who's going to be at a higher level than you. And that's one thing I like about I like about us being in the U.S. is that we have this capitalistic society, and how capitalism is just amazing. It does make you want to do that. It's just you as an individual need to figure out how to do it for yourself. Well, and I tell everybody this: if you find someone in a field that seems similar to you mentality and personality wise and they're succeeding more than you just steal what they do because if it works for them and they're similar to you it'll work for you you don't need to reinvent the wheel you met this person you got to know them just if you think that some pattern of behavior that they do in the business that's helping them could help you try it out what's the worst thing that happens you do the same yeah exactly and like yeah because if you're if you're hanging out with someone who's going to be successful and you're trying to learn what they're doing to be successful. You're going to be successful, especially. And I know with successful people, they want to. They typically want to pass that down. Mm. Especially, I mean, I know, I know about the perceived threat and bullshit like that. But generally speaking, it goes back to the first one. If you're comfortable and stable in yourself, you want to see this other yeah, person. You want to see someone too. else come up too, because it, now it's not just you. You got uh, you got someone else now, and then mm-hmm. you can cultivate that friendship or whatever it is, or a business arrangement, knowing that you guys are both striving for the same thing. A prime example of this is my grandfather in the 70s, when he really got into refrigeration, he got so much business because of how good he was, he couldn't do it all. So he had to find other people that he was comfortable enough saying, I can't get to it, but Joe over here is good at what you want done. Why don't you give him a call? Because if you're really good at something, 
there's going to be more people that want your services than what you can yeah, render. And they're willing to listen to your recommendation, too. That's like, yeah, hey, you know, Joe is just as good as I am. Go and see him. I can't I can't take on your business, but Joe is on my, is, will treat you just as well as I will. And that's where being stable and not feeling like someone else succeeding makes you bad or like you can't succeed at the same level if someone else is close to you. That's that high esteem. You know you're good. But it's unstable because you're constantly feeling like, oh, if somebody else comes up, then what does that make me? Yeah, exactly. Then we got what? Low and stable self-esteem. Yeah, this one's a bad one. All right. Low and stable self-esteem. In cases where there's a low and stable self-esteem, external events, whether favorable or not, do not alter the self-esteem of the subject, who does not strive to promote their personal image and is underestimated. Individuals with this type of self-esteem, they are undecided and have great fear of being wrong. I think this is kind of uh, he who should not be named again. Yeah, exactly. Or poster child. These people do not defend their points of view since the valuation of themselves is always negative. This is a classic example of... Yeah, this is, this is a right, right on. Right on. Uh, they believe that they are not up to par. This type of self-esteem is very common in people with depressive tendencies. That because of their pessimistic mentality, they do not usually perceive their personal achievements as such, assuming that they are lacking as a result of luck or chance. I've had this problem before when I'm really down, where I think that, you know, why I, I can never succeed, so why even try? Yeah, I remember. I know you've talked about that with me before, too. Huh. And um, here's one thing I think a lot of people um, don't understand is, it's okay to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it's probably better to be wrong that we know how to do what's right. At least when you're wrong, wrong, you aren't to the point where you can kind of do something, but you do it poorly. So yeah. you're never going to be good at something because you, you could do it poorly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and uh, that's that's one thing, especially with um, he shall not be named. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't. I've I've gotten him put a little fire in his belly here or there, but like I have to, I hate to say it, I have to attack him so much. Like you know the examples I've used with him. Oh no, and that's where it goes. Where he, clearly he feels like he isn't worth enough because no, you literally have insulted this man trying to get him to stand up for, and he just takes it. Yeah, I was like, and I'm like, I remember I was at that point one time in my life. I mean, I was in high school, of course. I mean, we're all a little. Oh God! I, in high look, I don't even want to re- but, remember fifteen-year-old me. Even like even now, like I'm gaining more confidence now. I'm getting better at it. I mean, am I going to try and start a fight? No. But am I going to sit there and defend myself and hold my point and hold my values and hold what's dear to me? Yeah. Will I blow your brains out over it? Yeah. I don't have to win a fight. Fights ain't fair. <laughs> it's that simple. But that's what he is. He he has this low and stable self-esteem. Just I'm just gonna keep chugging along and chugging along. Eventually, something will happen. Things aren't gonna happen unless you make them happen, and that's where it goes back to that high and stable self self esteem. Well, uh, you don't necessarily need to be have that have that high self esteem, but getting to that point, working to that point, goes goes a such a great distance. Well, and the biggest thing from getting from low and stable self esteem to high and stable self esteem, because I had to go through this myself, is separating yourself. From your situation. Realize, just because I'm in a bad situation, even if I'm the one who put me there, 
I recognize this now and everything I do from here on out is going to move me forward and is not an indicator of my value. It takes a lot to get there and you're kind of constantly, because I start to feel an itch every time I, I start performing less than what I think I should be at. But you've got to accept it's part of a process and that it is not an indicator of your worth. Like learning skills, everyone has a bad day. You could be the best welder in the world, the best electrician in the world, the best anything. Professional athletes, you just had to fuck up. Yeah, that's what it is. You, you will fuck up at some point, and if you can just take your on the chin and move on, it'll get better. And I look at it this way. You don't have to be great at everything. Shaq is one of the best basketball players of his era. He's won a lot of rings. Do you know how many threes he's actually landed his entire professional career? One. One in a college basketball game is the only three he has ever successfully shot. And still a great defender, blew backboards out, all kinds of fun stuff. MVP, blah, da, 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 da. It's okay to be bad at something, even if it's your job. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's the thing is like, you're not going to be perfect at everything. You're not, we're not ever going to be. I mean, I mean, this is part of the reason why we're human and whatnot, but... I, I'm glad that I, whenever I look this stuff up, I'm going, you know what? I, I fall in different couple different ones. Okay, some things I'm very I'm very good. I know I'm high and have this high and stable self esteem, but there's still things I I when I I know I need to work on. When I look and look at, oh, I had the low and and stable self esteem on whatever the subject is A, B, and C, and going, okay, you know what? I can I need to work on that and work on making my way up to that stable self esteem. And um, I think a lot of people don't give themselves the chance to do it. No, Just because you fail at something or you you suck at something, you don't need to be immediately good at it. You need you need to work on it. I mean, we don't come out of the womb knowing how to do freaking everything. I mean, we're not Chuck Norris, from what from what I can tell. No, no, I I know uh, I couldn't even hold myself up when I was first born, as most babies can't. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I I know it ruins the illusion that I was you know born what? perfect, but um, you know, let's um let me take this since you mentioned sports golf. One of the hardest sports to master, and it's impossible to master, but it's something you can continuously to work on. And that's one, one thing I like about it, because my dad's been golfing for 20-plus years. He's he's pretty good. I mean, he's going to put my ass any day of the week I get on the course, but it's something he continuously goes and works on. And for him, it's something he really enjoys. I'm over here going... Look, man, I only wanted to try to outdrive you one time on one hole, and we are good. Well, I am my goals are different. Your, your dad wants to golf for the sake of golfing. You're golfing for one express reason. I need one game, old man, and then I retire. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why I play. You were sitting there, it's just like, I just need to get you where you're sick and you're having an off day so I can finally beat you and then never play you again. So it cemented forever. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to go break your kneecaps because I still need your help here on the farm. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, that, that, I think that falls into what the whole high and unstable self-esteem. <laughs> now we got low and unstable self-esteem, which is the fourth one here. And people with this type of self-esteem are usually sensitive and influenced by external events. As soon as they face a successful event, their esteem rises. But as soon as the euphoria of the moment ends, their level of self-esteem drops back again. That sounds like motivational speakers. Yeah. That is that this type of self-esteem is defined by its lack of solidity and the instability it presents. 
which makes it highly sensitive to all types of events. These are also like gambling personalities. When you're up, you're up. And when you're down, you're, you're down. down. <laughs> oh, it's like that one old song, uh, that blue song. When you're hot, you're hot. When, when you're not, not you're not. not. This is kind of a nice dovetail, too, which makes it highly sensitive to all types of these events, however irrelevant they may seem from a rational point of view. Certain classes of narcissistic people, for example, are characterized, among other things, by having a low self-esteem and very dependent on the opinion they perceive from others. To know more about this kind of self-esteem, I recommend you... Okay, yeah, well, we would recommend you read this, but, you know, Zach doesn't cite anything, so... Well, I'm still learning. But that's a, a good one to talk about, because these are people that are very sensitive. These are also people, I think, that play the lottery a lot in the idea that if I just win this, if I just win this, that they, they hinge their entire being on this one thing. They have a shitty job they don't like. They don't like their life. But yet they keep dropping money in this because if they hit, then they life will be good. Will be better. Yep. And this is also, I think, a lot of people who are successful, and then they realize that that wasn't the problem. The money wasn't the problem. Their life wasn't the problem. The problem was they don't have a healthy relationship with their self. And no amount of success can change that. No, no, not at all. And, and that's why... Uh, that's why I, with us doing this, it's it's really like me and you spent a lot of time of self looking at ourselves and going, "What the fuck did we do?" Yeah, but it's also it it's really weird because you gotta get to a point where you can be objective and critical with yourself without it making you feel bad. You gotta look at how you handle the situation. And go, okay, we did not handle that well. Uh, yeah, you know what? I've I've been in situations like that where I'd gone too far with it. And then, like, the next, the rest of the day, all I would do is just sit there and play video games. Because I went too far going, alright, I beat myself up so much. <laughs> Even if fucking Rocky would feel sorry for you. No, and this is, you can't change the situation. All you can do is be better. Not even for the person that you hurt. Obviously, you should apologize to them. But for yourself, because that's not the person you want to be and present to the world. And that's a huge thing, is being able to... To criticize yourself in a healthy way where it doesn't affect your self-esteem. Where you realize, I'm a work in progress. I'm trying to be better. 90% of the time, I am better. We're just now working on this 10% of the time where I don't know what the fuck I just said, but it wasn't good. And it hurt people that I didn't want to hurt. Yeah, exactly. And uh, our last one is more of a sub, a little bit of a sub, but inflated self-esteem is a person who is unable to listen to others, Trump, yeah, Biden. Much less everyone in politics. <laughs> that is actually better <laughs> to accept or recognize an error. The perception of themselves is so inflated that they think they are better than the rest. When things get complicated, do not recognize the mistakes and then blame others. This type of attitude generates negative behaviors since they are not capable of self-criticism and correcting mistakes. Vince McMahon. Yeah. In general, these individuals disparage others and adopt hostile behavior towards them. You hear this with, you know, it's you the really classic diva. Wrestling. Yeah. It's wrestling right there. It's, that's all it is. Oh, yeah. No. The, the, everything that's personified in that is wrestling. I mean, Especially that literally is... The, I was going to say... Or, two, or, what, late 90s, early 2000s? The Rock's famous bit where ever he, he'd ask, What do you think about... The Rock doesn't <laughs> care what, what you, you think. think. That's... I mean, yeah, that really is. Or, like... Uh, 
Another great example is Stone Cold Steve Austin's character. A whole, I stopped listening. <laughs> so true. Oh yeah, but I, I think we covered a lot here, and I actually feel good about this episode. So I think. Oh yeah, we're yeah. Let's end this one here. Yeah, we're All at the right. fifty minute you guys mark. Have a good day, and uh, apparently we just don't know how to shut the fuck up. Yeah. I'll <laughs> uh, see y'all on the next one.